We're going to expose so many people in this YouTube video that we're going to have to remove the stream after 24 hours. So listen, tell your friends to make sure they watch it in the first 24 hours because after that, I'm going to have to remove the stream because if I don't, then I'm scared they're going to come down and take down this YouTube channel. So that's what we're going to be doing this show. We also got some news for you on the liquidator that's moved into FTX and a whole lot of stuff that's been uncovered there. But the main thing is today is about exposing and that's why this video will be removed within 24 hours. So make sure you watch it now. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Wakey, 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 rise and shine. Hold on, I can't hear myself. There we go. Now I can hear myself. Wakey, wakey, rise and shine. We've got a big, big, big show for you guys today. Uh, on today's show, we're going to be showing you guys all the links between S SPF and the, I mean, this web goes fully, fully deep. And it follows on from the um, show that BitBoy did yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw the show that BitBoy did yesterday, but BitBoy got this guy onto his show yesterday. And he, this is the guy that first gave BitBoy the information. Um, we had similar information, but this guy uh, gave uh, BitBoy all the information. You should go and watch BitBoy show. It was one of his. It was it was one of the shows. It was one of BitBoy shows that I actually watched. So go and watch it. Uh, speaking of watching it, I mean, I, don't know, I was watching this interview yesterday with Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, Piers Morgan. Whether you love Cristiano Ronaldo or hate Cristiano Ronaldo, go and watch this interview with Piers Morgan. It, it was absolutely, absolute, absolute fire. Um, yeah. All right. So listen. We have a massive show today. We've had massive shows all week. So much love to you guys because what you guys have done in the last couple of uh, days has been unbelievable. First of all, our subscriber count has increased by like 7,000 subscribers. Um, second of all, we, we, you guys circulated our videos yesterday and the day before with Mr. Wonderful so beautifully. It was amazing. It's, I've been contacted by so many of the big publications, but I declined each and every one of those publications. And I'm going to show you today why I declined those. Um, give me one sec. I'm going to send Fred a message. Freddie. Yes. Okay, hold on a second. Uh, Freddie, I sent you a message with Mario's details. Get Mario on the stream. Tell him to come and tell everyone what's going on in the Twitter spaces. And then after the show, we're all going to move to Twitter spaces. Tomorrow, not yeah, tomorrow we're doing a Twitter spaces. Instead of doing our Friday banter, we've got a massive Twitter spaces before Mario's Twitter spaces. And what we'll do after that is we'll do the morning shift. Mario will do the afternoon shift. And we'll try and bring you guys this 24-7 uh, uh, crypto streaming, which is exactly what Bant has promised you guys we're going to do. All right, let's, um, before we start... Before we start, get this. So we have another sponsor on our channel now. I don't know if you guys have seen the flashes from our new sponsor on the channel. And we have, because of all the collapse of what happened last week, I didn't mention to you guys we've got a new sponsor. The new sponsor is a company called BitCasino. Now, you know, generally, I'd say, look, 
you know, casinos, probably not good, but it seems like casinos are probably safer than being in FTX right now. Um, <laughs> it's true. Am I right or not? So I have been playing, I, I, I have been playing their thing. I'm not telling anybody to go and gamble, but I think um, you should, you should, let's just see. Okay. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. I must say, I've, I've never seen this kind of blackjack before. Well, it's actually, you're actually playing with a live person. So, um, okay. So, so you see, she's actually really there. Okay. So I'm here and I'm going to wait for the next bet because I can't bet now. Can't bet now. I'm also shit at blackjack. I'm so bad at blackjack. Okay, so um, I am. I'm so bad at blackjack. Okay, so I want to play. Okay, so I put in five bucks now. I put in five bucks. She's talking to me. You see that? Hello, Candice. You see, so it's like it's actually like a real person. To oh my god, what is a six? I mean, what is that a six or a nine? What is that? Seven, what did you have? It's a nine. Uh, what have I got there? Is it a six? Uh, it's 16, hey. I have to take a card. I have to take a card on this thing. Two minutes and the 19, 16. I have to take a card. Ah! So I folded. Okay, anyway, let's get on with the show. This is this is not nice at what they did to me now. It's crazy. All right, so that's our new sponsor, BitCasino. Go and check them out. There's a referral link below. If you do sign up and you do deposit money into your account, we are going to be doing $1,000 giveaways into your account. So I don't know. You guys go and have some fun with that. Probably safer than keeping your money on, on, on centralized exchanges. Um so that's the that's the story. All right, let's get on with the. She knows run. She runs. I know, but it's it's amazing. Ah, oh, crypto man run. She saw me sing down table. Crazy shit. It's actually live. It's weird. Weird, 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 weird. Very weird. <laughs> anyway, those are our new sponsors. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's go, 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 go. Um, okay, quickly let's look at the markets. So I guess um, not a good day for altcoins today. Bitcoin is still holding at about that sixteen thousand five hundred level. Uh, altcoins not doing as well as you can see uh, a lot of the altcoins coming down although there are some exceptions aptos uh, up 8.2 percent uh leo leo is a very resilient token so but generally not not a great day as i said bitcoin holding that 16,500. you got the nasdaq coming down and the reason why the nasdaq's coming up down is because the dollar index is going up why is the dollar index going up because they're talking about um uh uh, uh they, they're talking about interest rates and, and not pausing. So the, one of the Fed members came out and said, hold on a second, we're actually not going to be pausing interest rates uh, rises because we need the economy to slow down. And that's pretty much what's going on. That's what the dollar index is going. Fear and greed now at 20. I'm actually quite surprised. I thought it would be lower than 20 given this meltdown that we've seen. But fear and greed is now at uh, 20. And people are taking their stable coins off exchanges, which is basically saying, you know, there's not, that, that's not a good sign. Usually, what we what we want is people keeping stable coins on exchanges because then they can start uh, buying when they actually start buying. So that's where we are when it comes to the market. Let's dive into the world of SPF because this is the for, from a reporting point of view, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Okay, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, hold on a second. Why? Where is everyone? Guys, smash the like button. Let everyone know that we're here and we're live and we're doing and we're doing amazing things here. All right, so let's look at the world of SBF. 
um, and just quickly touch base with what's going on. There's a lot going on. We, we need to uncover a lot. So the first thing that's going on is, um, I mean, you know, it's just an ordinary day in the Bahamas. SPF uh, is in a grocery store, not surrounded by police, not surrounded by bodyguards, walking around without his uh, shoes on, uh, without, his, uh, without anybody, just walking around in, in a grocery store. At the same time, he has continued his tweet storm. Like, this tweet storm is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, so let's quickly just pick up where we left off yesterday. My, his goal was to clean up and focus on transparency, make customers whole. A few weeks ago, FTX was handling $10 billion a day of volume and billions of dollars in transfers. There was too much leverage, more than I realized. A run on the bank and market crashed, exhausted liquidity. So what can I try to do now? Raise liquidity, make customers whole, and restart. Maybe I'll fail. Now, he's delusional because the, the liquidator has walked into FTX. And the first thing that the liquidator said is he said, there's a statement from John Ray, chief restructuring officer and CEO of FTX Digital, regarding Mr. Bankman-Fried's public statements. As previously announced, Mr. Bankman-Fried resigned on November 11th from FTX and, um, and, and, and Alameda and their directly and indirectly owned subsidies. Mr. Bankman-Fried has no ongoing role at FTX official, FTX US, or Alameda Research. So I don't know where this guy thinks he's going to be raising money or, 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 trying, to, or trying to fix things. Um, but I don't know, maybe in, in Sam's head and in, Sam, in Sam's world, this is what happens. Anyway, yesterday we finished off at Truth and Beauty. He continued to give us uh, once upon a time a month ago, once upon a time a month ago, FTX was a valuable enterprises, had 10 to $15 billion of daily volume, roughly $1 billion of annual revenue and $40 billion of equity. And we were held as paragons of running an effective company. So I was on the cover of every magazine and FTX was a darling of Silicon Valley. We got overconfident and careless and problems were brewing larger than I realized. Uh, leverage built up to about $5 billion backed by $20 billion uh, of assets, which were, well, they had value, FTT. So he's admitting, SPF is admitting that he was leveraged against his own token, which is what everyone has accused him of. Um, and he now admits that the token was, uh, the risk of FTT was collateralized, all that stuff, and it all came coming down. It says roughly 25 of custom assets were withdrawn each day, 4 billion. As it turned out, I was wrong. Leverage wasn't 5 billion, it was 13 billion, which made a run on the bank. Shrapnel. And he says, last night I talked to a friend of mine, uh, and he carries on. He says, uh, it sucks. I'm sorry things ended up the way they did. As I said, I'm going to do everything I can to try and make it right. A few thoughts. It's really hard to be a regulator. They have an impossible job to regulate. The, what the hell is it talking about regulation for? Uh, to regulate the entire industries that grow faster than them. And so this tweet storm carries on and on and on. Um, and he says, anyway, none of that matters for now. What matters is that I'm doing the best I can do, which is nothing because the liquidator basically says, look, Sam, you're not actually uh, uh, allowed to, um, you're not actually allowed to, uh, to be talking on behalf of FTX. You have nothing to do with FTX. Uh, at the same time, Sam has been speaking to a friend of his, Kelsey Piper, who is with Vox. And their DMs got leaked. Now, I verified that these are actual real DMs. Um, and what's starting to come out here was that Sam really wasn't the person that we thought he was or that he came across. So... Uh, let's look at some of the DMs. It says, uh, does seem like some kind of consumer protection would be good though. Like maybe regulators can't deliver it, but, but, but sure, does look like consumers lose, lose their shirt a bunch. 
Samlin says, agreed on both. It would be good, but regulators can't do it. And you could do it and CZ sure isn't doing it. So who is? They actually can't distinguish the good from the bad. That's the first uh, part that was in, in, the, um, in the, the, the DMs. But then it gets a whole lot juicier. So for one, he talks about Nishad having left because Nishad was one of the guys, one of the foursome. And he says Nishad left guilty. So he says, people have talked to said Nishad was much more into ethics, not being sketchy. He says, yeah, it hit him hard. I mean, it hit all of us hard, but it hit him hard. It seems you have more of a sense to yourself to fall back on, more of a sense that you are only wrong if you lose. And he was more like, wow, we stole money from people who trusted us. He says the world is never so black and white. So that's the second part of it. Um, he says, you tweeted out some other stuff, like we never invest your deposit. That was bullshit, right? He says it was factually accurate, huh? but like their deposits were totally not there. Or, you, or do you just mean technically it was Alameda? He says FTX, correct. So it wasn't FTX that was investing deposits. It was Alameda. So he's admitted this. I mean, I, I think that now Sam bankman fried doesn't have a lawyer. Or if he does, his lawyer is really, really bad. Like really, really, really bad. Um, was, Alameda, was the Alameda thing when Luna crashed the first time customer deposits got lent out? Or was it more like the accounting was such a lot uh, of the stuff you were doing was implicitly backed by customer deposits? It says, messy accountant plus a margin exchange position built over time. Though in retrospect, Luna crash was when we did a lot. So he's, he's now admitting to have done this long time before. If you could do it all over again, would you just take more careful accounting or never touch customer funds or never go into crypto? It says, be more careful, plus off-board Alameda from FTX uh, once FTX could live on its own. So he doesn't mention not digging into customer funds again. This guy is absolutely, absolutely delusional. Um, so he says, so you kind of don't believe in like doing unethical shit as anyone than a judgment we bestow upon the losers. He said, a month ago, Caesar was walking around um, a walk example of don't do ethical shit. Now he's a hero. It's, it's because he's virtuous or because he had a bigger balance sheet. And so he won. And so this discussion continued to go on. He says, do you know what's actually up with the money that mysteriously got moved after FTX after bankruptcy? That's the other thing people are speaking about. He goes, hack, either ex-employees malware or ex-employees computer, a few hundred million. And then lastly, he says, I fucked up big multiple times. You know that maybe that was my biggest single fuck up oh so you know what was maybe my single single biggest fuck up oh the first thing the one thing everyone told me to do everything would be 70 percent fixed right now if i hadn't and that is what is it filing for chapter 11 now i don't know about this i don't know if if ftx would be better in sbf's hands or in the regular in the in the in the unknowledgeable liquidators hands um but either way, that's where it is now. And now the liquidator has walked in. So both liquidators have walked in. Remember that FTX got liquidated in the US and is being liquidated in Bahamas. International company has the jurisdiction to be limited, uh, liquidated in the Bahamas. And the American company has the jurisdiction to be liquidated in the United States. And so what happened is the Bahamas liquidators, which is information that we got yesterday, say that they don't even know where to start looking because the books of FTX are such a mess that they actually have no idea where to start looking. And so they, they, they're like almost like, you know, we've got a job to liquidate FTX, but we don't know where anything is. There's just terrible records. 
and that's not the only thing. Um, the liquidator that was appointed by the United States, this guy, John Ray, who is the same guy that uh, went into other big liquidations. I think he was, I think he was part of Enron's liquidation and, and many others. So he walks in to, to FTX um, and he says, read this, he says, I've had over 40 years of legal and restructuring experience. I've been the chief restructuring officer and chief executive officer in several of the largest corporate failures in history. I have su supervised situations involving allegations of criminal activity and malfeasance, like Enron. Malfeasance. I've supervised, I said it says, yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter, malfeasance. Um, I have supervised situations involving novel financial structures like Enron and residential capital and cross-border asset recovery. Nearly every situation where I've been involved in has been, his, has been characterized by defects of some sort of internal controls, regulatory compliance, human resources, and symptoms and, and systems integrity. But get this, okay? Get this, get this, get this. Never in my career have I seen a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information as has occurred here from compromised systems and faulty regularly oversight abroad to the concentration of control in the hands of a very small group of inexperienced, unsophisticated, and potentially compromised individuals. He's saying, I've never seen in my entire career, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen so such a breakdown of systems where you put so much money into a small circle of people which are not trustworthy. And he even goes to the, to the point where he says, um, these compromised individuals, this, is a, this situation is unprecedented. That's the first thing that he says. Okay, then it carries on and it says here. Yeah. So there is a receivable of $4.1 billion to Alameda Research consisted mainly of a loan um, which was given and another loan of $3 billion which was given to Sam Bankman-Fried himself. Further, on the books, the entire fair value of the STX asset is marked at $659. Okay, even though he has been marking it at $5.5 billion. Okay, FTX says that Bankman Free didn't include customer liabilities in FTX's financial statements. FTX.com platform, however, such liabilities are, to my knowledge, dot-com silo debtors do not have any long-term or funded debt. The dot-com Debtors may have significant liabilities to customers through the FTX platform. However, such liabilities are not reflected in the financial statements prepared by the companies. This guy is an absolute, absolute, absolute con artist. There's absolutely no other way that you can see it. There are also a couple of other things. So here, let's just understand this. So first of all, in the Bahamas, I understand that corporate funds of FTX groups were used to purchase homes and other personal items for employees and advisors. Remember, this is coming from a report from the liquidator who walked in on Friday. He says, um, FTX, did not keep, FTX did not keep appropriate records of security controls with respect to digital assets. Mr. Bankman-Fried and Mr. Wang, Gary Wang, controlled access to the digital assets of the main business in the FTX groups. With the exception of a ledger, of ledger with the exception of Ledger X regulated by CFTC. Unacceptable. Man so they had, Sam Bankman-Fried was the cold storage of Alameda. Okay. Um, and, okay, get this, get this. Alameda Research. This is huge. Alameda Research 
FTX coded into its auto liquidations protocol to exempt Alameda Research from being liquidated. Alameda Research coded into its liquidation protocol to exempt Alameda Research <coughs> from being liquidated. The secret exemption of Alameda from certain aspects of FTX.com's auto-liquidation protocol and the absence of independent governments between Alameda, 90% owned by Bankman Fried and 10% owned by Gary Wang, and the dot-com silo, and the dot-com silo in which third parties had invested, which was the third-party fund. Are you understanding that what this guy did was he had no controls whatsoever? He would, he had, he was the cold wallet of your money, which he lent to himself and to Alameda Research. And Alameda Research was trading against you all this time, but they could never get liquidated while you were getting liquidated. Absolutely crazy. You know, I thank our lucky stars that we never supported FTX. We tried. We fought really hard to try and get a referral uh, deal with FTX. And thank God we didn't. Thank God we didn't because we, it landed up really, really, really protecting our community. So, I mean, I can only, I can only thank, thank God that we didn't. Really, really, really. Um, some more cracks that are emerging. For one, when people were depositing money into FTX, it literally says that they were depositing money into Alameda Research. Like, it literally says that. Literally, it's, like when you... When they sent you wire instructions that said Alameda Research, that should have given people alarm bells. This rabbit hole just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. It's, uh, it's one of those rabbit holes that I've never seen anything like it. It just, it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, CZ was uh, on CNBC earlier today, uh, and he was asked whether he thought that SBX understood what he was doing. Um, I think you guys need to hear it from CZ, not from me, because I can't relay the information, but I think definitely worth listening. So let's quickly listen. You know, we've all seen his tweets now overnight. Do you think he understood what he was doing? I think he thought he understood. Um, I think he probably still thinks he understands what he's doing now, which I don't think he should be tweeting. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but but in terms of intent, I mean, one of the things that's going to be looked at, I'm sure, by regulators, uh, potentially by prosecutors, is what he intended to do. Um, he seems to suggest in a lot of these, these, these tweets that he didn't understand or he didn't, he mismarked things. And when I say mismarked, he mislabeled things is what he's, I think is the phrase that he's used. And yet, when you looked under the books, clearly it, it appears that he was demonstrably commingling funds, using uh, the funds to leverage himself up and the like. Yeah, I think, look, I didn't do the due diligence myself, but I think it will be very, very clear that Sam knows that he was using the user funds to do trading for Alameda. And he has been probably doing this for quite a while that nobody else knew until very recently. Well, a small number of people in FTX probably knew, but most of the other uh, normal employees probably did not know. I think that's probably the most likely situation. You know, one of the things that I think this has demonstrated to the public about crypto is just how leveraged the business is, um, how so many of these coins, uh, that FTT token uh, and other tokens have been used to leverage other tokens. How concerned are you about that? And how much leverage is in the Binance system, if you will? 
Sure. So I think um, we are very concerned about anybody using the token they create for leverage um, for um, um, as a collateral. Um, at Binance, we don't do that. Uh, we don't use BNB as collateral for any for anything we do. Um, so uh, it's very simple. So that's the first part of it. The second part of it, which I also think is worth listening to, it's another one minute, which I think is well worth it, but just listen to this. Why don't you take us back, if you could, to when you first got the call from Sam and you first had a chance to look at the books, because I think a lot of people are still trying to understand exactly what happened here. How much of this was about commingling? How much of this was about terrible to walking this. of the books? What did you see? Yeah, I think um, I got the call from Sam 24, 48 hours after I made the tweet, and then um, he wanted to talk. So at the beginning, I thought he would just wanted to, you know, do a buyout on, um, do an OTC deal to buy out the um, um, FTT tokens we had. And then he wanted actually a, a buyout of the entire firm, uh, of the entire FTX platform. And then, um, but then we got our team on it. Uh, it was pretty clear pretty soon that there's, you know, um, there's, misappropriation of user funds. Um, the user funds are gone. Um, and um, uh, at that point, um, it's clearly that he lied to his users, his investors, his VC investors, um, his employees. At that point, I thought I couldn't, like whatever data that's in the data room, we couldn't trust anymore. So it was quite hard for us to do that due diligence. So we didn't go very far. As he says, the due diligence didn't go very far because it just, that's what that was probably when that whole backdoor uh, was was leaked. And again, as I say, if you haven't watched BitBoy's interview yesterday with that with the whistleblower, this is the guy that gave BitBoy the information, you really, really, really should watch it because what you'll realize is that what they were doing, what FTX was doing, is they were creating fake tokens, synthetic tokens for projects. And they were dumping those, pro those tokens onto tokens which they never had and, and killing the price. And manipulate, they were basically creating extra Ethereum creating extra project tokens. Um, and this guy has on-chain proof, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely, definitely, definitely uh, worth watching. Um, definitely. You know, I, I'm not going to tell you very often to watch BitBoy Show, but this time I'm telling you to watch BitBoy Show. Uh, yeah, exactly. Someone says, watch BitBoy. Did I hear correctly? Uh, yeah, you, you heard correctly. You heard correctly. Um, okay, there's a lot more that I want to talk to. And specifically, I want to show you the SPF web. Um, let me just find find us a beautiful starting point on this SPF web. Let's just get us a, a good good starting point. All right, so I did send you guys. I did publish a tweet, uh, and if you're not following me on Twitter, go and follow me on Twitter because I'm breaking a lot of stuff on Twitter. And remember, tomorrow there's no Friday banter. There's a little big Twitter space with some of the biggest guests in the industry before Mario's Twitter, and then we're going to move on to Mario's, uh, Mario, Mario's uh, Twitter space afterwards. I did warn you guys a few days ago, and I said to you, look, I'm getting the feeling that the mainstream media is starting to protect SBF. And just, I warned you guys, just pay attention. At the time, it wasn't clear what was going on. And now I'm going to show you exactly what was going on. Then I warned you guys again yesterday, and I said, look, pay attention. The mainstream media is protecting SBF. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to make this all about China. And you can see that instead of talking about all the bad stuff that SPF was doing, they're saying the headlines are Sam Bankman-Fried did the financial system a favor. And then they're starting to push this onto CZ because that's the whole narrative here. The whole narrative, if you remember, that Sam Bankman-Fried was driving was he was trying to get an unfair advantage from FTX for FTX 
and to push CZ out. And the narrative that he was pushing in Washington was, we need to keep this thing in the United States. And if you give control to Binance, you're giving control to the Chinese. And he, tr- he started painting this Asian slash Chinese versus uh, US narrative. And I started to notice that. And that's when I started to warn you guys. And what we can see, um, what we can see, some people are living in the past. Someone says, wasn't Gary supposed to be on today? Yesterday, bro. Yesterday. And you overslept by day. Um, okay. So um, the narrative is, is, is shifting. And you've got to pay attention to this because if you don't pay attention to this, you may be getting the wrong side of the story. They, they're all lying to you. And that's why I say this video is going to be removed 24 hours from where we are today. It's going to be removed. And I know that if I don't remove it, then there's a big chance that YouTube's just going to remove our channel. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this and then you guys share this video like crazy and in 24, 23 and a half hours, I'm going to remove it because that's when YouTube will, will, will typically respond. So what we then saw was we saw the PATH article that was written by the New York Times. And in this article, nowhere does it talk about what Sam Bankman-Fried does. Nowhere does it talk about potential criminal action. It was a very friendly article that was in the New York Times to the extent that all the big people started to call this out. So Elon Musk said, why the puff piece to the New York Times? David Sachs uh, came out and said, uh, the biggest con man since Madoff just admitted that woke is a, is a virtue signaling game where we all say stupid, stupid, where we all, where we say all the stupid shib- shibboleths and so everyone likes us. And this was in specifically when he was talking about regulation, he said, no, I was just saying all those things about regulation because that's what people like. Uh, he says, you were really good at talking about ethics for someone who, who kind of saw it all as a game of with winners and losers. He says, yeah, hey, hey, I had to be. It's what reputations are made of to some extent. I feel bad for those who, who, got, who get fucked by it. By this dumb game, we woke Westerners play where we, are, we say all the right shibboleths so everyone likes us. And that's all starting to come out. That's not the first time that we... We heard that Sam Bankman-Fried was dishonest. And if we had just listened carefully a bit earlier, listen to this. And you've got Alameda Research, who I heard this funny story. Someone told me that um, the name Alameda Research is because you needed a bank license and research is like the most safe thing that you can get. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like we knew banks were going to shut us down because before Silvergate didn't exist, Signature, you know, there were not yet U.S. banks that were happy with crypto. Instead, there are just a lot that did not want to have to fucking think about it. Yeah, And we just knew that was going to be a thing. And that if we named our company like Shitcoin Day Traders Inc., like they, the, the, they'd probably just reject us for the bank or whatever the teller would accept this. So, so now watch Sam Bankman-Fried's actions. He's always nervous and shaking. That is from amphetamine. So if you do take an amphetamine, you start to pick your nails and you start to shake. Now just watch now. They don't care. But, but I mean, compliance just have a field day with that. What? But, I mean, Look at no his shoulder. Research. Totally. Everyone loves research. So, okay. So yeah. now Alameda. So we now, doing... we realize that he called Alameda Research, Alameda Research, because he wanted to fool the regulators and the banks into thinking that it's completely someone else. This guy is a slimy snake who had this all orchestrated. Uh, yeah. People talking about uh, um, uppers. It is uppers. It's, uh, it's amphetamines. It's amphetamines. It's Adderall. It's, 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 uh, it's very strong amphetamines. I sometimes give those to Kyle and James when they don't, uh, when they, you know, <laughs> James is laughing because because he knows that. So, so, so why? So then, everyone's starting to now realize 
that this is all a puff piece. Okay, so um, Charles Hoskinson also chimed in. He says, so first the New York Times give SBF a full pass and now it's CZ Binance's fault. This is a fucking joke. Uh, the punchline is that we all have to get $50 billion and SBF gets, uh, we all get to, the punchline is that we all get a $50 billion bill and SBF gets to keep having low rent eyes wide shut parties. And that's exactly what the story is about. You have to realize that the media is controlled by the donors. The narratives are controlled by the donors. And up until now, we haven't been able to speak against the narratives because if we do, our channels will be removed because that's just how it works. In fact, that's how we're going to have to remove this video. But you can see that the media is being very friendly to SBF. Now, why is the media being very friendly to SBF? It's very simple because SBF is the second biggest donor to the Democrats. $40 million out of your money, if you had money in FTX, was given to Democrats while he was going insolvent. Literally, he was taking money out of the account while he was going insolvent. He was taking your money out of the account and donating it to the Democrats. Now, listen, I have nothing against the Democrats or the Republicans. I'm not in America. I don't really give a shit. But I do have a problem of people trying to control the narrative and trying to control the media. And that's why we haven't been able to say what we want to say, because if we do, we could lose all the hard work that we've built to build this channel and all our other followings. And when SBF donated money to Democrats, there was this discussion, and this discussion goes something like this. It goes, um, even though you're one of, the, of Biden's biggest donors, I assume he doesn't know who you are, which is a weird phenomenon. He says, it is a weird phenomenon. The place I could be most useful to him is, I don't think Biden's ever going to put much thought into it, but if the administration is ever looking for like an expert on crypto regulation, that's what Sam Bankman-Fried said. So you can see where he was thinking. He obviously, he's obviously an incredibly busy guy and I would really like to meet him, but also don't want him to have to meet me in some senses, unless I or he had a reason to think that it would be valuable. So he says, so wait, you've never met him, even though you're one of the people that is amongst the most responsible for him taking office. Sam Bankman-Fried says yes crazy stuff you can kind of see that this game is all how this game is being played n n not only that so it, it, the plot gets thicker plot gets thicker it's like if you're in the circle then the media will work with you and the narrative will work with you and if you're not in the circle the narrative is going to work against you that's that's pretty much how it is you're either in or you're out and the media is trying to manipulate you i'll show you another example so let's look at this over here Okay, this is the New York Times. The New York Times is having an event on the 30th of November. I don't think that this event's actually going to be happening. I don't think that this event's happening at all. Um, and who is invited to speak at this event? Sam Bankman-Fried, biggest donor to Democrats after George Soros. President Zelensky, the beneficiary of a lot of Democrat donations. Larry Fink, who is CEO of BlackRock. And I think we know how BlackRock has been manipulating the markets. Carl, we definitely have to remove this video before 24 hours. If we don't, YouTube's going to do it for us. And we've got to be very careful here. Got to be very, very, very careful. And Se Secretary Janet Yellen, who is known to be a sidekick of, of Biden. 
You see how the narrative is playing out here? You're either in the circle or you're not in the circle. Look here, if you are in the circle, look how incestuous it gets. Gary Gensler's daughter worked for Senator Elizabeth Warren. Okay, her name's Isabel Gensler, and she worked as a press intern for Elizabeth Warren. Everything here is interconnected. You've got to see how everything here is interconnected, because if you don't, then you don't know what kind of news you, cons you, you are consuming. And we've known that the mainstream media has been giving us, feeding us bad news, but there's been nothing we can do about it. Because if you speak against it on YouTube, your account gets removed. If you speak against it on Twitter, your account gets removed. So what do you do? You can't speak against it. But those days are coming to an end. Yeah, I just want to show you another example. Remember the Democrats were trying to, well, not, it, the government, let's not say the Democrats, the government was trying to push together this whole COVID vaccine thing, which we now know was a big fat lie, or parts of it were a big fat lie. That was funded by FTX. That communication was funded, or that, that trial was funded by FTX. This is on the internet. This is not me making up stuff. I'm not doing anything. I'm just reading to you guys what is on the internet. I can't confirm any of this because I'm just finding it on the internet. So remember, everything that you're seeing now is just coming from the internet. It's not me. I'm not making any of this. This is not my news. I'm not an expert in news. I'm just finding stuff on the internet. Because if I give my opinion, it's very dangerous because then YouTube can remove my content. So from now on, I can only look on the internet and find things and just show you pretty pictures from other people off the internet. Because if I don't do that, then there's a big risk here. But it's all changing. Okay, again, you can see meetings between FTX and uh, the SEC on the 3rd of March, on the 23rd of March, 2022, staff members of Gary Gensler met with IEX and FTX to discuss custody of digital asset securities, including risks associated with the custody uh, of digital asset securities and the conditional no relief discussed in the statement. Meetings between Gary and them. And now get this. So now there is a bipartisan FTX hearing, uh, which is happening in December. I wonder if Sam's going to be there. I wonder if Sam's going to be at this uh, bipartisan hearing. Anyway, this whole thing is going to change. And the reason why this whole thing is going to change, the one thing that changed is Elon Musk buying Twitter. Because now with Elon Musk buying Twitter, you can actually tell the truth without the risk of being deplatformed. And what you're realizing now is that the mainstream media have completely, completely, completely lost their power and where are all the media outlets actually getting their, their media from? Twitter spaces. They're listening on Twitter spaces and they're writing articles on Twitter spaces, which is why tomorrow, tomorrow at 6 or 7, at seven no, at 5 a.m. EST, we're going live with the six-hour spaces. And then Mario is going to top and tell, is going to join after that. His, his space is going to start there. And we're going to start running this. People are saying I'm doing hard things. I'm risking. I'm risking that I'm risking taking a big risk, but what the hell? Who cares? So yeah, Elon Musk has seen this. He's saying, look, coverage of the FTX meltdown is incomparably faster and better quality on Twitter than on old school media. Not to mention the sick memes. He's 100% right. He's 100% right. Anyway, now you know. Okay, so now I've told you. Now you know. You are being manipulated. You are being lied to by the media. You cannot get your, your, you cannot get your information from mainstream media. Don't.
they are all driving an agenda. They're not going to say Sam Bankman-Fried's a bad guy. They're going to write puff pieces. They're going to invite these people to speak. Why? Because they're donors to the parties. Media is politically controlled. I'm not politically controlled. I don't give a fuck. That's the truth. Elon doesn't give a fuck. We don't give a fuck. So get your get your media from people. Get your media. Don't get your media from the old sources. They are corrupted. They are all corrupted. New York Times is corrupted. You've seen it. Reuters. I mean, come on, Reuters. Is that the best article that you could do? Is this really the best that you can do? Really? Come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Let's be realistic. All right. Um, I did promise you guys that I'm going to give you some good news every day now because I think in, this, in these kind of times, we need some good news. So I'm going to give you some good news. First bit of good news tomorrow, 5 a.m. EST, live spaces for six hours. Be there. Watch my Twitter. All the details will be on my Twitter. Make sure you're there. It's going to be the best fun we've had in uh, the best fun we've had on a show in a long time. Um, oh, hold on. Tell me in the comments. I'm going to, do you want me to expose someone else now? Because it's, I mean, we, we are running out of time, but I can do it. I can do it. I'm telling you, I can do it. I can expose, I can show you someone else. But listen, then you got to get this off the stream. You have to get the stream out in 23 hours. 23 hours, this fucking thing. Okay, I'm doing it. Okay, I'm doing it. Guys, the show is going to be slightly longer because, because why not? Because I have to show you. I have to show you what's been happening, which I've been trying to warn you about for so long. So remember that BlockFi couldn't repay customer deposits. And so BlockFi then nearly went bankrupt and then they were res rescued, rescued by SPF. So first of all, let me tell you exactly what happened. BlockFi really couldn't pay the deposits because of, because multiple of the credit, because they were, over, they were over leveraged. Let's just say that. SPF saw this and said, hold on a second. BlockFi has a whole lot of deposits inside BlockFi. A whole lot. If I can vouch for the fact that they're solvent and say that they're part of FTX and everyone believe that they're part of FTX, then I can have access to the BlockFi money. So what did he do? Sam Bankman-Fried bails out BlockFi, bails out BlockFi, pays $25 million and takes over the whole of BlockFi. Now he created a loan between BlockFi and FTX. So in other words, he took customer funds from BlockFi and loaned it to FTX. $600 million or something like that. That is part of the missing funds. And so what we heard yesterday, as you'll remember, we heard that BlockFi may be filing for bankruptcy. And today we saw that they removed the entire leadership page from, from the website. Obviously because they don't want their reputations of the people to go down. So the first part of that is very unethical from Sam, but we already know that Sam is a con artist. Now, the question is, should we feel sorry for the people at BlockFi? I feel really sorry for anyone that had deposits on BlockFi. But I don't feel sorry for BlockFi itself and for these people. And, you know, I'm not one to, to, to grave dance. Um, I'm much better at breakdancing than I am at grave dancing. Um, I'm not one to grave dance. 
But I never worked with BlockFi. And there's a good reason why I never worked with BlockFi. I wasn't one of these people that promoted it. And I'll tell you why. The reason why I never worked with BlockFi is because I saw what they were doing when it came to the GBTC premium. And it disgusted me. And I could never work with a company that had a modus operandi like this. And I want to show you what they were doing. So remember this GBTC trust? Remember this trust that all it has inside it is Bitcoin. It's the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. It's a trust and all that it has inside it is a whole lot of Bitcoin. Now, in the past, because many institutional investors and many retail investors did not have Coinbase accounts and crypto accounts, the only way that they could get exposure to Bitcoin was to buy shares in the Grayscale Trust. So they would be buying these shares in the Grayscale Trust. Now, accredited investors, which is richer investors, investors that have over a million dollars in assets, could buy the shares at net asset value. In other words, at the value of the shares inside the trust, of the, of the Bitcoin inside the trust. But unaccredited investors, which is poor retail investors, could only buy the shares on the open market. So accredited investors could buy the shares from the trust directly at net asset value, and they could sell them to retail at a premium. The only catch is that they would get the shares six months later. So accredited investors buy shares in the trust. Six months later, they get their shares and they can sell them to retail. Now, for a very long time, they would sell them to retail at a huge discount, at a huge premium to the assets in the trust, you see? Even up to 131%. So in 2017, retail investors were paying a premium of 131%. And that happened for many years. And so what BlockFi was doing, cut to the chase, what BlockFi was doing is, BlockFi was taking customer deposits. You would put money into BlockFi and they would give you 5% or 10% or whatever the number is. They would then take that money, buy shares in the Grayscale GBTC Trust. Six months later, they would take those shares and dump it on unsuspecting retail investors at huge premiums. They would give you 5% and they would be making 100, 80, 70, 65, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Except, no, no, no. Someone said that's arbitrage trading. That's not arbitrage trading. That's fuck retail trading. How can I fuck retail trading? That's what it is. That is disgusting. That is a terrible business practice. What did they do? They kept doing this for months and months and months until one day the premium became a discount. Now, remember, they, they would invest in the Grayscale Trust and they would have to wait six months to get their shares. And they were just doing this and doing this and doing this and getting greedier and greedier and greedier. And while they were waiting for their next tranche of shares to come open, the fund went from a premium to a discount. And that nearly wiped BlockFi out completely. So they had to raise more money, which they did from Pump and a whole lot of other people. Pump, Morgan Creek, they invested. They were the ones that invested in this when this premium turned negative. Okay. Now, BlockFi weren't the only ones doing it, but BlockFi were doing it. Sorry, allegedly doing it. I made a mistake. Um, BlockFi, I don't have any of the facts. This is all off the internet and it's all allegedly um, Nothing here is actually factual. It's all 
stuff that I found on the internet and I cannot verify. And none of this was me thinking for myself. It's actually all just stuff that I found on the internet. So I'm just repeating stuff that I found on the internet. Um, so none of this has actually been um, researched or verified because we can't research it or verify it. It's just impossible. So that's what they were doing. And then they were dumping on retail. But the problem is that as they were getting more and more shares, there was no more retail. And so they started losing large sums of money, which eventually, which caused this hole in the first place. So what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is very simple. If you're going to try and dump on retail and, 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 and profit off retail, and then you go insolvent, then I don't have sympathy for you because you're, it's just karma. It's just what, it's basically just karma. You're just trying to arbitrage and destroy retail investors. That's what you're trying to do. People here are warning me in the chat that I must stop talking like this. Otherwise, it's going to be the end of our lives. Remember, this is, none of this is factual. This is all for entertainment purposes only. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. It's none, none of this. None of, us, none of this is, 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 is uh, um, yeah, this is not research bias. Remember, this is just what I read on the internet. I read this all on the internet. None of this is researched by me. Okay, listen, so I had a whole lot of other stuff to talk to you about, but I think, I think it's time we go. Okay, you want some good news? Come, I'll give you some good news and then we can go. Okay, so some good news just to end off the show. One is the Bitcoin net unrealized profit and loss has gone into blue territory. That usually signals a bottom and that usually signals the beginning of another bull pump. You can see that. Here it is again. Um, another bit of good news over here is that the next Bitcoin halving is expected in April 2024. This is according to Dan Moorhead from Pantera. Bitcoin is historically bottomed 477 days prior to the halving, which if history were to repeat itself, would imply a trough around the turn of the year. So beginning of the year, probably a turnaround if history were to repeat itself. There are still 2.25 billion, 2.25 million Bitcoin left in exchanges. So about 8%, no, about 15% of all Bitcoin are still on exchanges, just, uh, just as, a, as a little uh, test. And long-term holders are currently experiencing acute financial stress. And the last time this happened was in 2018 bear market. And we're currently at minus 33% on the unrealized losses. Uh, and the peak of the last bear market was minus 36% on the unrealized losses. So that's the story. Maybe I'll see you guys again tomorrow. <laughs> if, uh, if, yeah, if I'm not here tomorrow, just, just be clear. I have no intentions of committing suicide, just so you know that. And uh, I have no intention of deleting our YouTube channel either. So maybe I'll see you guys again tomorrow and maybe I won't. And if I, until then, trade well, guys. Okay, listen to me very, very, very carefully. This video must be off the internet in 23 and a half hours. 20, yeah, to be safe, 